the stones into bread. Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. And Jesus was basically telling the devil that people need more than bread to live. They need the word of the living God. There's something about God's word. Somebody says it's active and it's alive. And if you put it in your life, then you can become active and alive. He says man shall not live by bread alone. It's a funny thing about the devil. The devil knows when to come. He knows when to attack. Sometimes the devil comes and you are you're at your strongest. And so the devil is defeated and he turns around. But then he'll come back in another season. And then the devil comes when you are at your weakest point. And when you are at your weakest point, then you cannot depend on your flesh. You cannot depend on the physical man. You have to depend on the spirit man. You have to depend on God. You have to lean on God. But the devil knows he got all of the tricks, all of the tricks in his bags. And he pulled out a tr this trick and that one might not work. And then he pulls out another one and that one might not work. And the devil is he's consistent in what he does. You and I may not be consistent, but the devil is the same. He doesn't change up. He always is the same. The devil is consistent if who, of who he is. He's the devil. He is a devil. He is Satan. He is the old serpent. He is described as a dragon. The devil is not on your side. I want you to know that the devil is your worst nightmare. Uh, the devil is not only your worst nightmare, but the devil is your worst enemy. I know you might have some enemies in this world, but I promise you ain't nobody is like the devil. The devil can't stand you, neither can he stand the holy ground that you walk on when you walk in the light as Jesus is in the light. This morning, I want to talk on a subject. I want to talk on the subject this morning. Taking nuggets from his, from his gold mine. Taking nuggets from his gold mine. And I forgot I forgot to look for that, for those gold rocks. Uh, the Gather Sisters had prepared one vacation Bible school. Do we still have those gold rocks? Thank you, Father. I slipped my mind. I wanted to get them this morning. But taking, taking nuggets, taking nuggets from what? From his gold mine. I, I want you to see this this morning. God's God's mind is golden. The Bible is the mind of God. Every time we go to the Bible, every scripture you take out of the Bible is a nugget from the gold mine. And every time you take that nugget, it, it builds treasure up inside of you. You become more valuable because your life changed. You live by values. You live by principles that is found in God's word. I want to take this morning... These nuggets that are found in the word of God this morning. And I just want to 
to give you uh, these nuggets, and hopefully they can be something useful to you uh, in your life. I want to go to point number one. Watch this here, point number one, as we look at the nuggets from God's gold mine. I want you to know in Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, can we bring Matthew 6 up right quickly? Then we come right back here. Watch what the Bible says. The Bible says, but when thou doest alms, let not thy what? Raise your left hand if you, if you got one. Raise your left hand. This is your left hand, right? Put it down. He says, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. Now, when Jesus was talking about this, what he was talking about, the context is dealing with, when you do something for the poor, when you do something for somebody, you don't have to broadcast it everywhere. You don't have to broadcast it everywhere. You don't have to get on the loudspeaker and tell everybody what you have done for somebody else. Like what you've done is all that and a bag of ruffles because God does something for, e for us every day and God doesn't tell the world about what he does for us. So likewise, you and I shouldn't broadcast what we do for somebody else. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand do it. Now, the spin I want to use today is this. It's when you do something, when you get something, or you're going to into something, you don't always have to share information with people. You can't tell everybody when something is about to go down in your life. Can I tell you something this morning? There are some people who would rather see you do bad than do good. <laughs> and, and matter of fact, there are some folk who are the most closest to you biologically and physically would rather see you do bad than rather see you do good. I know that when the blessings of God falls inside of your lap, you feel good and you want to celebrate with everybody, but I stopped by to tell you on today that you cannot celebrate with everybody the blessings and the favor of God in your life. See, you see, just put it right there, Brother Gattis, thank you. You see, there are some people who can't stand you doing better than them. Amen. Did you hear me what I said? I said they can't stand. Let me give you an example. You know, can I see? Yeah, right over here. You call somebody. This is a big phone, man. I tell you, what is this? <laughs> that phone is almost bigger than I am. <laughs> this is half my body. Listen. <laughs> You call them up on the phone, and you say, the Lord done blessed me with such and such. And they, and they like on the other side, they get quiet. Have you ever experienced that? And, and, and you say, man, the Lord done blessed me with such and such, and you, they like, oh, uh, they like, oh. Uh. When people get quiet, hello, somebody, you calling them. To celebrate, hopefully they celebrate with you. And you say, man, the Lord done blessed me with this. The Lord done gave me that. And they're like, oh. 
and you want them to say, man, God bless you. I tell you what, man, when are we going to celebrate together? No, but they, they quiet. Let me tell you something. They ain't happy for you. Hello, somebody. There are people in your own family who can't stand what God has blessed you with. The favor of God is large enough to bless everybody in life. I'm remember of Cain in Genesis chapter 4, around verse 5 and 6 and 7. Cain was jealous of his brother Abel. And the reason why, he was really mad with God, but he took it out on his brother. You see, sometimes we'll take it out on the people who is within our reach because we know we can't catch the other person who is more powerful than what we are. And so what we'll do is we'll touch the people who are closest to us. And what God told Abel, he says, if you do as well, you'll be accepted too. Now, God may not give me what you got, neither will God give you what I got, but God can give you more than what you got if you just do a little bit better than what you're doing. And God was telling Cain, I will accept you too, but you're going to have to do better than what you're doing. Folk, folk can't stand when you do good. Folk would rather see you, man, in the, in the hospital. Oh, yeah. And then, and then they'll come to see you. Hello, somebody. They'll come to see you. And they almost make it seem like they could have stayed home instead of coming to see you. Because it's almost like they'll throw you being in the hospital in your face like dirty water. You say you was all that. You would say that the Lord bless you. You say the Lord been good to you. Look at you now. You're lying up in a hospital bed like life can't happen to everybody. Hello, somebody. I know you want to tell your siblings what you got, but you can't tell everybody when you're making a money move. Y'all act like y'all don't know that. Who was that, that money move? <laughs> Governor, you're going to help a preacher this morning. That was Carly B, right? Huh? Brother Wilson, that's Carly B? Who's <laughs> I'm told her. When you're getting ready to make a money move, you can't tell everybody. I'll never forget it. I was preaching in the Midwest, and uh, there was a church that called me in Ohio. Wanted me to come do something for them in Ohio. Told the church to pray for me. Where I used to go to, used to, go to church, uh, there was a preacher who used to be the preacher there who was still there at the congregation. And whenever you got a preacher who used to be the preacher there and the new preacher come in and sees the church beginning to thrive and, and, and to take off, that, that's bothersome. That's bothersome. Now, now, I don't blame the system, the, the wife. I don't blame the wife. When she found out, because they were from Ohio, and when they found out, she found out that I was going to this particular church, she made a phone call or some phone call and sabotage the whole speaking engagement. Y'all listen, listen to what I'm saying? Huh? And I got a phone call. Then cancel my speaking engagement because somebody was jealous because that church 
didn't call her husband, in which they knew, but they called the younger preacher to come do a speaking engagement. And I learned from that time, you can't tell everybody when you're getting ready to make a money move. <laughs> Amen, somebody. You may be happy as I don't know what, but you can't tell everybody when the hand of God is on you. And matter of fact, I've learned you don't have to tell nobody nothing. They'll be able to see God's hands on your life. You got to tell nobody nothing. All they got to do is open up their eyes and see. Amen, somebody. Yeah. You like that, huh, Sister Young, that money move? Huh? I want you to tell Brother Young that later on. I'm getting ready to make a money move. Amen. But when thou doest alms, let not thy hand, left hand, not your left hand, know what your right hand doeth. Can I say something? If you have to lose your relationship with, to keep relationship with people, that's relationship you don't need. There are people who get in relationships who will push God off aside to hold on to that particular relationship. If you have to lose your relationship with the Lord to keep the other relationship with people, that's a relationship you better turn loose. Can I tell you something else? You cannot take everybody on the road you travel on. There's some people you have to kick out of the car or at least drop them off at the bus station because they can't go in the same direction you're trying to go in. Let me tell you this. There are some people you got to learn to cut them loose because you never reach your spiritual destination with those people riding with you. Somebody say, oh, but that's my dog. You can get you another dog. Matter of fact, you can be the big dog. Huh? I like, I like what Jesus did. I, I like, Jesus is a perfect example. You just follow him and I'm telling you, you'll be all right. Jesus understood that you got to, you got, you got to get rid of some squares in your circle. That's Rocco. Some of y'all, amen, that's Rocco, but, but. You got to cut some squares <laughs> out your circle. You, you're going to have to do it. And somebody say, you know, well, you know, but, but let me tell you something. You can't make it where you're trying to go with everybody on board. You can't bring everybody with you. Y'all not listening to me. Talking about, but yeah, but that's, that's my first cousin. I don't care who he is. There's some things you got to keep from your family. Amen, somebody. And you're like, well, I, well but that's, that's my family. I'm telling you, you have to keep certain stuff from your own family. Jesus understood that. Jesus had an inner circle, and guess what? He had three folk in it. Three. Did you hear what I said? But he chose 12 men. But when Jesus got ready to have his mountaintop experience, everybody is not ready to have a mountaintop experience with you. Y'all not listening to me. 
And just as he had a mountaintop experience, Jesus also had a valley, a low valley experience. Everybody ain't ready to go to the mountain with you. You can't bring everybody in the valley with you. When he was up there on, Mount, on the mountain of transfiguration, Jesus was at his highest point. Man, he was changed right there before Peter, James, and John. You ought to have a Peter, James, and John, or at least you ought to have a Peter, or at least you have, ought to have a John, or at least you ought to have a, a, a Peter, James, or a James in your life. You ought to have either one of the three. They saw their Lord change right before their eyes. He didn't take them other guys with him. He took those three at his highest point of his life, at your most successful point in your life. You can't take everybody to your party. They'll ruin. <laughs> Y'all not listening to me. They'll ruin. They'll ruin. They'll ruin your party. And then watch this here. Then, I like this one. I like this one. When he went into the garden of Gethsemane, he went into that garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus prayed, and, and he was praying. That was his lowest point, y'all. That's his lowest point. Guess what? He brought Peter, James. John, that represented his inner circle. At your lowest point, you need your inner circle with you. I know what y'all saying. Yeah, but Brother Vils, he had his inner circle, but they all fell asleep on him. You got to see the bigger picture. They did fall asleep on him. Amen, somebody. But they went into the garden with Jesus. Hello, somebody. They might have been sleeping, but they were in the garden, y'all. Amen, somebody. Not only that, when they got in the garden, they didn't abandon Jesus and left him in the garden. They stayed there throughout everything. Oh, they were sleeping, but they were still in the garden. There are some folk who won't even go with you at your low point. There are some folk. When you get at your lowest point in life, they will abandon you. But Jesus had three of them. Oh, they were tired. They fell asleep. But they fell asleep in the same garden where Jesus was praying. Amen. He might have been a little, he might have been a further down there, but they were still in the garden. Do you have some folk with you in the garden? Amen, somebody. You can't take everybody with you in the garden. They'll make your garden experience even worse than what it's going to be. Amen, somebody. Well, let's go on to the second one. Let's go on to the second one. You better hush your mouth. You, you better hush your mouth. Give me James chapter 1, verse number 19. Watch this. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man speak. Let every man be swift, rather. Now, I know in our minds that read, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be slow to hear and swift to speak. But the Bible don't say that. The Bible says, let every man be swift to what? Hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. And he's talking about anger right over here. He's talking about anger, how not to get angry, and what anger will do when anger comes in you can't please God. Somebody say, well, I can handle my, no, no, no. Uh, you, 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 the wrath within yourself 
you're not thinking right when you're angry. Amen, somebody. You're not thinking right. You know, your motor is revving up. You got smoke blowing from the tailpipe. You're not, you're not ready. You're not ready yet. Huh? Just think if you get up here and you get up here singing and you're angry. I mean, you're not going to be right, right? You can't be at your best when you're angry. And so here he says, wherefore, my beloved be brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak. Can I say something? We can't all speak at the same time. Somebody have to speak. Somebody have to listen. God gave us two ears, one mouth. It just seemed like it to me, God is saying, you ought to do more listening than more speaking. And what God wants us to do is this. God wants us to listen to somebody else speak. And when that person finished speaking and you finish listening, it is vice versa now. Now it is your turn to speak and that person's turn to listen. That's communication. We cannot have genuine, true, real communication when we are both speaking what? At the same time. We live in a world where nobody want to listen to nobody. Everybody want to try to get their point across, right? Say amen, husband and wives. Everybody want to get, you know, you want to talk, no, 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 but you, no, 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 you, you can't. Somebody going to have to hush up and allow somebody what? The opportunity to speak, but you can't both speak at what? The same time, so you better hush your mouth. Somebody, and the next time somebody, both of you all are speaking, somebody have a nerve enough to say, I better just hush my mouth. Don't, 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 don't look for that person to hush their mouth. See, it's not on them to hush. No, no, you hush your mouth. You are responsible for what? For you. I'm responsible for me. And so we have to do what? We have to do more listening. And God wants us to listen so that we can have the knowledge, whatever that person is speaking of. And then God wants us to what? To understand the person. That's some of our problems. We can't even try to understand the other person. We just like, no, no, no. And everybody is trying to talk over what? Everybody else. When somebody ought to have enough sense to back up and say, okay, let, let me let you talk. Let me try to understand you. That's our problem. We don't want to try to what? Understand the other person. Now you're wrong. How you know I'm wrong? Let me talk. Amen, somebody. No, 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 no. If you just hush up. And let me speak, and you just listen, and try to understand, then we can have some understanding among ourselves. But we all can't talk at the same time, because it's going to promote what? Anger. Amen, somebody. That's why people get shot up. They get into altercations, they start fussing, and, and next thing you know, they start fighting, and then the next thing you know, they start shooting. If somebody would just say, oh, wait, 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 wait. This is just a big misunderstanding. Just wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. Let me hear your side. Okay, and then you try to understand. That's what's wrong with it. If we just try to understand each other, everybody's trying to get to the same place. Everybody really wants the same thing, but folk ain't trying to understand one another. If we just could understand one another, guess what? We'll have more unity and we'll have more peace. We'll have more unity and we'll have more peace. It's not, about, it's not about always being right. Hello, somebody.
by another system here. The, the, it's not always about being right. How, why is it that we got a spirit in us where we always want to be right? So what's your right? You might be right, but you don't lost your marriage. Hello, somebody. You're right, but you lost your marriage. You're right, but you lost your relationship with your son. You're right, but you lost your relationship with your daughter. You're right, you lost your relationship with your parents. It's not always about being right. Hello, somebody. And we're so caught up on being right, but I'm right, but I'm right. So what's your right? You're right and you're all by yourself. You're right, but you're lonely. You're right, but you're traveling alone. You can be right and be wrong. Oh, let, me, let, me, let me go over here. Let's, let's go to number three. Uh, take men. Do layups. Do layups. Y'all know how to do a layup? Huh? That's when you bounce the ball and you just... You know, lay it up. You know, lay the ball, hit the glass, put it in the rim, whichever one you prefer. I need the backboard. What y'all laughing for? Some of y'all, so, 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 some of y'all got the backboard and you still miss everything, huh? When you're walking with God, God will give you a backboard. You don't always have to try to make it in the net. You got a backboard. Just hit the glass. Uh, you, you, everybody can hit the glass, y'all. Just run up there and just throw it in the back of the glass and hit it in the square, and it's going to go in, y'all. Just, just put it in there. That's all you got to do. Do layups. Watch this here. Matthew 6, 19, the Bible says, Lay not up for yourselves, what? Treasures upon the earth where moth and rust do it corrupt, where thieves break through and still hold that right there. Lay not up for yourselves. And Jesus is talking about money here. Lay not up for yourselves. Treasures. 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 That are on the what? That are on the earth. Jesus wants us to understand that why are you going to build treasures on the earth and those things are going to fade away. Jesus wants us to understand that we ought to lay up our treasures where? In heaven. Watch verse 20. The Bible says, but lay up for yourselves treasures where? Treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust. Now, I want you all to understand something. Do it corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. That's telling us something about heaven. It gives us a little crack in the heaven that, that if there are any moths, in heaven. They ain't going to be tearing stuff up. Hello, somebody. No, no, no. And, and well, the thing about it is, what's striking here is that Jesus says uh, everybody has an opportunity to have some treasures for yourself in heaven. Now, but you can't lay up all your treasures down here. I hear people say all the time, you know, I just gave the job. Uh, I just gave the job my and my soul. Well, that's your problem. You done gave the job too much. You gave them your life and your soul. That's too much. Anytime you give a job, your life and your soul, two things are going to suffer. One, you are going to neglect God. Two, you are going to neglect your family. 
You can't give no job your life and your soul. Amen, somebody. Believe it or not, there are some people who do it. They give the job their whole life, all their soul. My soul ain't for sale because Jesus already purchased it. Amen, somebody. It's already purchased. It's already purchased. So it is not for sale. We ought to stop letting the devil rent us. Stop letting the devil lease you out. Amen, somebody. Jesus already purchased us. Lay up our treasures where? In heaven. Can I tell you something? Listen, we talk about a mansion, a robe, and a crown. Listen, that's paid for. Hello, somebody. <laughs> that's paid for. The mansion, robe, and crown, Jesus paid for it. But the other stuff, you're going to have to work for. Hello, somebody. That's why he says, lay up your treasures where in heaven. Your treasures is not coming automatically by Jesus, what he paid for. You're going to have to get involved in some good works. Why is it so difficult to get people who are saved to act saved? Why is it so difficult to get people to do good works in the church? Why we got to almost pull out your spiritual teeth to get you to do something for the Lord? Amen, somebody. Why is it so difficult? Listen, when you see something that is needful, that is needing, why don't you just say, hey, I got it. I'm going to do it. Why are you waiting for somebody else to get it done? And you know, nine times out of ten, what the other person behind you going to do, wait for the other person behind them. Nine times out of ten, that person is going to do the same thing. It's a funny thing. Everybody want to go to heaven. It's a funny thing. Everybody want treasures in heaven. But ain't nobody want to put no work in. Amen, somebody. Everybody want treasures in heaven. Let me tell you something. If you come to heaven, and I'm in my mansion, and you got a one-bedroom apartment. Don't you, don't you, don't you, don't you be tripping in heaven because I'm going to quickly remind you, we all, Matthew, I mean, there it is, Matthew 6, but lay up for yourselves, brothers, sisters, did you put in work? Huh? God is going to reward you. Y'all better listen to this. He's going to reward you based on the work you've done here. I'm not saying you ain't going to heaven. But I want you to know your rewards might be limited. Hello, somebody. So don't be hating on somebody because I don't have the time to do this. When you study the scriptures, we say all the time about, about when we get into heaven, we want the Lord to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You have been ruler over few. I'll make you ruler over many. That's something to that. I want you to know that's something to that. That's something to that. See, God's going to check you out what you do down here before you get up there. So when you got your little one-bedroom apartment, now you, you ought not be mad about that one-bedroom. No, no, no. Because you up there in the third heavens, you up there, amen, somebody, you got a one-bedroom, but you in heaven. Amen, somebody. Don't get crazy over your one-bedroom. 
Brothers, you still got a one-bedroom that come from heaven. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. Now, I don't know, y'all, how big of a room there's going to be for us. I don't know all that stuff. But I tell you what, maybe, just maybe, Jesus says, well, all he need is that, this all he need is that little corner right here. That's all he need because he, he ain't going to never do no work. So that's, that's, all he gonna, that's, all he, that's all he need. Put him a little garden off the side. That's all he need. Let him be happy. Put him a little mat on the floor. He's good to go. And while everybody else got their stuff, just remind yourself, I ain't never put in no work. Amen, somebody. It's important, y'all, for us to work. Find something good to do in the church. I don't care if it's to help the custodian. Say, look here, look here. When you coming to clean the building? Okay, all right. How long it take you? Four hours? I can give you two. Amen, somebody. You, you may get half a room. <laughs> somebody going to catch that later. Find something good to do for the Lord. And the Lord is going to reward you up there. There are certain people who are going to receive their rewards down here, but not get any up there. I'd rather get some down here. Hello, somebody. No, I bet y'all don't want none down here. I want some down here. And God didn't say you couldn't have it down here, but I want to make sure that I put some up there in glory. And so with that, learn how to do your layups. Let's go to number four right quickly. I'm good. I'm good. Somebody... Let's say, I'm good, I'm good. Now say that like you mean it. I'm good. Watch what the Bible says. Get for me, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 6. Watch what the Bible says. But godliness with contentment is great gain. That word gain means godliness with contentment is great wealth. Godliness with contentment is great wealth. When you are godly, when you are godly, you will be content. You, you won't be always reaching for something else. You won't always be reaching for the next best thing. You will be content. Now, to be godly with contentment does not mean that you don't have no goals in life. It does not mean that you are no longer ambitions in life. All it means is, if I never ever get anything else in life, I'm good because I got God and God provides everything I need. And so therefore, I am content with what I have. If my neighbor get another house, I don't need to try to run behind my neighbor and go buy another house. If my neighbor get another car, I don't have to run around there and go get myself another car. If my neighbor get a new watch, I don't need to go out there and buy a new watch. If my neighbor get a new wife, I just was checking to make sure you was on the line. I'm content with the woman I have. Hello, somebody. I'm content with the children I have. I don't want nobody else's children. I am content with what the Lord has given me. Listen, when you are a Christian, you godly, you ought to just be content. You ought not ride around town 
wanting everybody else's stuff. Oh, have you ever done it? Woo! You know, you ride and say, oh, I sure like to have that house. Woo! I sure like to have that car. Woo! I sure like to have that man. Hello, somebody. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to tell it like it is. Don't act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. I sure like to have that woman, even if they belong to somebody else. You got to learn how to be content. Be content. You will never be able to enjoy what God has blessed you with if you always looking at somebody else's stuff. Be content with your stuff. You got a little car? Be content with that little thing. Huh? Hug it. Love it. Kiss it. Rub it. Amen, somebody. Yeah. That's my car. I'm godliness. I got God on my side. And I'm content with all what I have. Have you ever saw people go to other people's house? They're always looking around. They can't ever be comfortable. And when they get back home, their husband almost have to work three and four jobs because he's trying to work and try to please you. Sister girl, stop doing that to your men. Talking about I want a house that costs 300000 No, no, no. Listen, listen, stop doing that. Look, 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 look. I want this kind of car. I want this. I want this in the house. I want, stop doing that to those men. Amen, somebody. That ain't right. That ain't right. He got to work himself half the death. To try to, and, and, and the good men, and we got some good men here. And the good men, they try to work for you. They try to give you. But you can't kill a man. You got to allow that man to be used by God. You can't take all his time on the job. He working for you. Instead of working for the man. He think he, he working for you. He ain't coming for, oh, for the boss. He coming for his wife. <laughs> Y'all quiet. But I want this. Be content, man. Just be content. You know, if you got a suit you've been having for 10 years, praise God. Praise God. You see Brother Hall walking here with a nice suit, with a nice tie. You see him looking good. You ain't got to go out there. You know, baby, I, I want a I wanna suit. No, 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 no. Be happy for Brother Hall. Walk up to Brother Hall and say, boy, you sure love looking good today. Hey, Amen, somebody. Tell him he's looking good. You ain't got to hate on his suit. You ain't got to hate on his suit. The suit don't make the man. But the man make the suit. Amen, somebody. I done seen plenty of folk in a lot of suit. And that suit didn't made him. Mm, I done seen a lot of folk in some suit. But the man make the suit. And I stopped by today to tell you that godliness with contentment is great wealth. You got it. You got everything that you need. But you're missing what you got because you're focusing on the wrong stuff. When people get blessed by God, just say, praise God. Praise God. Oh, man, I'm, I'm glad God done bless you. Man, I'm so glad God bless you. And go back home and appreciate what you got. Amen, somebody. Yeah, you, you, you just appreciate what you got. It might not be what he got. It might not be what she got, but God done gave you something. And God says, if you seek the kingdom first, God said, I'm going to give you a roof over your head. I'll give you clothes on your back. And I'm going to put some food on your table. Somebody say, yeah, but it ain't no filet mignon. It, it, 
it might not be filet mignon, y'all. It might be chicken. <laughs> Come on, y'all. I think I said the right, uh, the right meat, huh? I think I got the right meat. It might be chicken. Let me tell you something. Chicken can taste good if you do the right stuff to it. Matter of fact, it tastes better than filet mignon if you know if you get the right touch to it. Amen, somebody. It's because you got filet mignon, you got to know how to work that. You got to know how to cook it and season it. Amen, somebody. All I'm saying, y'all, is when you got God, you got everything you need. And when you got God, God will always have your back. And when you got God, when you're slipping, God will take you over. You ain't got to ever worry about it. Just seek first the kingdom. And I stopped by today to tell you, David said, I was young, but now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his seed begging <laughs> bread. Godliness with coupled, connected with contentment. It's much worse. Some of us are rich and we don't know it. We're rich and we don't know it. If you're not a child of God, you come by hearing his word, believing the same, repenting of your sins, confessing that Jesus is the son of God, being buried in the liquid tomb of water baptism for the remission of your sins. And I like what God does. He promised to remit all our sins. He's going to take all your sins away. Somebody said, what about if I did this? Don't matter. God will take it all away. The blood of Jesus will wash it all away. And you know what he'll do? He'll give you a brand new start. Not only that, he'll add you to the church. He'll add you to the family of God. You can have a brand new life in Christ. And when you get in Christ, you'll become now part of the church of Christ, which is the body of Christ. I don't know what you're going to be in the body. God determines that. You might be a hand. You might be a finger. You might be a foot. You might be a joint. You might be a mouthpiece. I don't know, an ear. But whatever it is, God knows what you can do best. Today, I hope and pray that you make the right choice. And say, today, I'm going to give my life to God. I'm going to wash all these sins away. And I'm going to be pleasing to God. Why jeopardize your soul? Why place your life on hold? How can somebody tell God, wait, 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 wait. I hear what you're saying, but I just need a little bit more time to think about it. What is there to think about? Hello, somebody. What is there to think about? I got to get my mind right. No, you need to get your soul right. You need to get your life right, but you can't get it right outside of Christ. Get in Christ, and God will help you with everything else you have. It is far better to have God with you then live life and not have God with you. If you're a child of God, you got sin in your life. You need to make some things right today. I pray, God, that you make it right. If you sin, say, look, I've sinned. I ask the church to pray for me. If you know somebody in need of prayer, pray for them. You always stand in need of prayer. Regardless of who you are, we stand in need of prayer. I pray, God, you make the right decision before it's eternally too late. As together we stand and together we sing. The invitation song, why don't you come, why don't you come?